0: Guess
1: who's back? All Andy Alfred.
0: 24 runs in the span of We're going to get shut out. Gambino! You're to a home run. Yes, me. Choo-choo, two, two, it's time for All the Alfred. And I love you guys, and welcome into the special edition of All Andy Alfred tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in to the program. This is the Year in Review 2018, the special edition of All Andy Alford. And, uh, we got a lot to get into. It's a long show tonight, of course. Uh, this is a special edition of the program. First of all, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you, the listener, for making this show very possible and tuning in and listening in to the program. Um, it has been a tremendous year. Great listenership. And thanks to you, the listeners, we have grown this show to new heights, and we look forward to 2019 being one of the banner years for all Andy Alford this year. But first, we must pause and reflect on this past season. And the big story of this year was, of course, how Bowling Green was going to do in football. This was a contract year for Mike Jenks coming up, and Mike Jenks was... The in, the former head coach of Bowling Green State University did not lead the club to a winning record the last three seasons. It all started for me in, in August when Dave Briggs released a piece entitled Hot Seat Rising. 2018 has come to an end. We welcome in 2019, but we first pause and reflect. On this show of 2018. This is the best of all, Eddie Alfred. We've got a lot of segments to cover and a lot of things to talk about. Of course, the big story this year was Bowling Green. BG Sports was absolutely horrendous in the football front. You'll hear the best segments from this, uh, this past season. And you'll hear all my takes on BG. Including the former coach, Mike Jenks. And so much more. This is the 2018 year in review on the All India Elfar Network. So I want to make mention of this. On Sunday, in the Toledo Blade, one of my favorite writers, Dave Briggs, uh, wrote an interesting piece, and this is this is the damn truth. And he's finally seeing it. And I have been saying this now for the last two. Damn years. Two damn years. The article reads like this. The headline reads, Heat rising on B- Bowling Green janks as arrests pile up. It reads as follows. The Bowling Green State University football team have been no strangers to the bottom of the standings as of late. No, ain't that the truth. So in light of recent events, the Falcons find themselves in an unfamiliar perch. Hmm. They're the number one team in the country in off-season arrest, according to the website Arrest Nation, which is a rubbernecking site. Bowling Green, five arrests this year, has the program in a three-way tie for first among football teams with Texas Tech. And the New York Jets. If the burner beneath the seat of the third year coach, Mike Jenks, couldn't get any hotter, it just did. And it has been for the last two years. Hell yes! Here's the cynical truth, Dave Briggs writes. A coach must be justified for the baggage of his team. So here's the math for you six wins in two years. 6 wins in 2 years. That ain't that the damn truth. Pathetic performances against Bowling for against Toledo and pathetic performances against Mac and losing to an FBS school last year. That was embarrassing. And five arrests in 6 months. We'll talk let's talk about the arrests. Multiple players were involved in the spring break brawl in Miami. In April, Matt Wilcox drove drunk into a tree, his second OVI arrest in less than three months. Matt Darren, senior re- receiver, previously dismissed by Oregon State, was charged with robbery, assault, criminal trespassing. After storming off onto an off-campus house he thought was intercepting a package meant for him. Red shirt offensive linebacker Darian Hankins and Armini Posey were charged with racking up charges on the university credit card and here's the big one in July. Jenks booted Huntskins and Posey, their fourth and fifth scholarship players showing them the door in three months. Dave's rape break really rips him into him. And here, Here's what Mike Jenks said. You ready for this? Here's what We can't make excuses. I'm not going to make excuses, Jenks says. We have expectations. And we have standards. And we've got to uphold them. If the kids are going to make poor decisions, they won't be with us. Period. I don't understand the due process. I do understand the due process. I do understand you've got to see what comes of the of the chart, uh, comes of it. The charges, of course, but football—it's a privilege, not a right. You represent the name on the back of the jersey, and you represent the name of the front. You put us in a bad situation. You're not going to be here. You disrespect your family. You disrespect your—you disrespect our family. We're not going to have you. But <laughs> it, 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 its i feel good about where we are. That's what he says. I feel good about where we are. I wish I was doing the Facebook Live tonight, because you be seeing my face. I'm just shocked at what he says. We're, We're doing. I feel good about where we are. We're sucking. Your recruiting is absolutely horrid! Here, here, here's, but here, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. Let me read the rest of this for you. I like Jinx. A good guy who wants the best for BG, and a vast majority of players are fine representatives of the school, but the numbers are the numbers. For much as we talk about the inherent challenges of amoating more than a hundred college kids, Ohio State, Michigan, Toledo have one reported player arrest among them this year one BG has five more than any program in the country. you want to hear more of a thing? more more of a shocking retention their attention rate is horrible 10 of the 18 four-year players in bowling green that were introduced on signing day 2 years ago my friends 10 have since left the school and as of eight players including one junior transfer from this year have left It's inexperience. It's absolute inexperience. It's a damn joke. This is a shit show of of, of, of problems. In Bowling Green. An absolute shit show. I, I commend Dave Briggs for bringing this up. He's been seeing this. Seeing this happen. It It just boggles my mind. That this guy... Has the position? Why is he still employed? It's an embarrassment on the organ. It's an embarrassment as a BG fan, as a BG alum, as a BG donor. When it comes to Saturday night, Saturday afternoon football, you're gonna probably gonna go to UT to watch the good games. It's a sad thing. They can bring in the big clubs. They can bring in a Miami. They can bring in. They brought in a Pittsburgh. They can bring in high-ranking teams to play each other. We get Maryland. Bowling Green gets Maryland this year. And that's a big. Remember, though, it's been a home-and-home for them. They played against Maryland two years ago and beat them in Maryland. But this is, Mike Jenks is just not the fit for Bowling Green. I'm going to just say it. I, I, I'll give him this year. I will give him this year. Like I said, I've said it before. I said it a few episodes ago. If you you got to go back and listen to it. He's got to go 6-6. Six and six. If he doesn't go 6-6, six and six, then it's time for a change. It has to be done. It's not a want. It has to be done. You you can't draw them in at the doy. You can't draw, and you're gonna lose spot, You're gonna lose donors. You're gonna lose, you're gonna lose the respect from the from the student body, and that's what's really gonna hurt. If you can't produce on the field, and you want to play those games Tuesday and Wednesday night and have that student section full, not all the pizza and hot chocolate's gonna offer these. Ki- t- you're gonna offer these kids, not all that's gonna help them out. You're not gonna pay for the pay them to come to the game. They're gonna be paying you to come to the game. They're paying you to go to the game. And you know, the the man who has is working as a steel worker or working for um uh working for uh the farmer working out in the out in the field, working and you know, plowing his field and planting his corn and, and counting up his crops and buying that season package. For Bowling Green football to see this kind of rubbish, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's sad. The administration should do something about this. I have been, you know, I have been a big component of Bowling Green, I've been a big fan of BG Athletics. They got rid of Jennifer Roos this past year in women's basketball with the hiring of Michael Uger from 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 Bowling Green you know that's a good move the guy that they got for for this year's women's basketball team is a good move i mean the only positive thing is the hockey program and they've been in in the hunt every single year every single year that's dedication and You know, after Clawson left this program has just been going downhill Babers was got Clawson's recruits and when after Clawson's recruits left he got his recruits in and he was absolutely horrid but we're three years into Mike and Mike Jenks gets hired in three years into Mike Jenks' system and we have five players arrested ten players not with the school anymore eight this season in the 2017 signing year the administration's got to do something they have to do something or we're going to see, you know, we're going to see this program start to go downhill. Hell, we might even lose lose the Mid-America Conference. But I commend Dave Briggs. He's been writing good articles. He wrote the article on Allison Emery from the Marathon Classic. He had a fantastic article. Got a chance to you know to walk with him for a little bit on Saturday morning a few weeks ago. He was the only one walking with her, and you know he interviewed her and had a good ch- chat with her. And um, you know, and he wrote the story on her. Did a fantastic job. And I got to give him credit for this one. I have to, you know. Two home runs, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not gonna be the one to tell you, tell you how, um, you know, about the whole blade situation and how I feel about the boycott and stuff like that, you know, you know, I support the local media when it comes to like reporting like this, because you know you you're not seeing this on like Bleacher Report, you're not seeing this on. ESPN. You're seeing this out of local news. And, you know, the send, uh, I haven't seen anything out of Central Tribune out of Bowling Green talking about this. See more of the blotter than anything else. I've, I. I I like the quote that he ended with in this article. He says... While every coach fastens himself as so Father Flanagan, think of Tom Absatz or Greg Brandon in their later years, it takes a few agitators to burn the entire program and embarrass the community, and Jenks is walking that dangerous line. He already is. Why do you think we can't get a a, a game now? on All the games that we play on TV now are on ESPN Plus or the Watch ESPN app. We don't get an ESPN game or ESPN2 game. We're on either on the U or we're on we're on the Watch ESPN app. It's embarrassing. Winning ways and the winning process starts with firing the coach and bringing in the right people to recruit the right kids to come to the school. That's just plain and simple. But the fact is. The fact is this, if Bowling Green wants to have a winning season, it starts at the top. And you phase it all out. I'm not going to call for his job now. I'm going to let him see what happens this year. I'm holding back a lot tonight, but that when you you go back into this audio when we get into October and you'll you'll hear you'll hear what I have to say. So we'll see what happens. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight on the plethora with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. So. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was also a little bit of, you know, being real for a second there. Absolutely being real. So Bowling Green started their season off on the road in Oregon. And we figured that they were going to lose pretty big. But they kept with Oregon most of the game. They returned home for their home opener to play a Maryland team that was struggling, losing their coach to allegations of hazing and... Uh, Having one of their athletes killed. Uh, And we had a Bowling Green team and the fans showing up to Doydell Perry Stadium. But they absolutely laid an egg on their home opener. And I laid into them on on the next show. Alright, you're listening to All Andy Alford. Again... What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? <sighs> Forty five to fourteen. Forty five to fourteen. Fourteen points. We held with them. We held with them all the way through halftime. And then Maryland showed up in the second half. We held with Maryland and we couldn't get the job done. Nobody to blame. On this one, not the weather. You can't blame the weather. It's blowing green. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be blowy. It's going to be miserable. You thought the Browns game was bad. This one was worse with the weather. And we couldn't get the run established in this game. We couldn't get the run established in this game. It's 0-2. And And thank God we're playing an FBS school this week. As Maryland cruises to a 45-14 win over the Bowling Green State University Falcons. Hill... Fortin, Maryland, 8 for 16, 121, 1 TD, no INTs. Johnson had 12 carries for 124 yards, 1 TD in the game. Tyler Fleek-Davis, 15 car- catches for 102 yards, 2 TDs in the game. Dagie having a great outing, 17 for 27, got to give him credit, 143, 2 touchdowns, 1 INT in the game. Anthony Clare, six carries, 16 carries for a total of 44 yards. Quentin Morris, 5 catches for 85 yards, 1 TD. Breakdown looks like this. Maryland had 24 first downs to Bowling Green's 13. Total yards. Through the air for for Maryland, 565 yards of total offense. 121 on the in the air, 444 on the ground. Bowling Green total one fifty eight one forty three in the air fifteen yards. I said that right. Fifteen yards of total run offense. Great crowd on hand. Gotta give the crowd, get the student body and the fans are showing up. This was a big game. Penalties, Maryland, 14 penalties for 139 yards. Bowling Green, 10 penalties for 66 yards. Both teams turned it over once. Th- what are we going to do? Uh, I, this is the same thing. Now, here's my dilemma. I'm going to play the presser from Saturday. And I will play the presser uh, from Monday. And... Saturday was, for me, a breaking point. You heard me on this show, on Friday's edition, of the Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford, say that we could win this game close. We just had to control our defense. We had to control our offense. We couldn't let them get ahead of us and pound the football. And we were great for the first half of the game. And then Maryland showed up, and it looked like Bully Green wanted to wear ponchos and sit in the stands and let Maryland run over us in the game. We were only we were only down by 3 points with the football 4 minutes left to go in the, in the third quarter. We had the opportunity as ever to win and we couldn't get it done. We just couldn't get it done. Not, what is there to say then you know coaching needs to be better than that and it starts with Mike Jakes it starts with his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator they have got to be better than that absolutely better than that so I'm going to play the presser From Saturday. This is from the Bowling Green media production from YouTube. Play the me play the audio. Play it in its entirety. And I will play the snippets from Monday. And you get you'll get the demeanor of Mike Jenks out of the whole situation. So as the season went on The halfway point hit and before the UT game I finally pulled the trigger and made the decision on whether I think Mike Jenks should be staying or going. In all of my days of covering this team in all of my days, watching this club—the high of 2012, winning that MAC championship—that has been the peak for me. In this in this era of being a BG fan, that was the peak. I've ran at the peak. I was at the top of the mountain already. Ran and got it again with Dino Babers. Babers leaves, and we hire Mike Jenks. I am so hesitant today. Because I know a lot of you listen to this program and look up to me, and especially the kids that listen to this show. I influence a lot of people in their decisions when it comes to sports. Tonight is one of those nights where you're just going to have to turn down the volume and just listen in because or turn up the volume and listen in tonight because this is this is important I said it at the beginning of the year and I'll say it again this is a must-win season for Bowling Green for the coaching staff for the players And I thought the Oregon game was bad. I thought the Maryland second half was atrocious. But this past weekend was... This is, in my opinion, since I have been covering Bowling Green sports covering this team. And this university. This is by far. The worst team I have ever seen. In my entire life. There is tons of bright spots in this organization. Tons of bright spots in this team. Daggy looks fantastic. Andrew Clare looks great. Derek Putovam looks fantastic as well. There's a lot of bright spots in this team. And it's all being dimmed by one factor. The piece of dirt Mike Jenks. Recruiting was never his forte. He got Babers recruits And now year three with his recruits in. What are we seeing on the field? Absolutely nothing positive. We are now near the halfway mark of this season. Halfway mark. We are now five games into the season. Five games into the season. There's only seven left. He's gotta win five out of the next seven. I don't see it happening, so I'm gonna say it on this program tonight. I'm calling for Mike Jenks while u t beats down the Wolf pack and Ohio State dominates. But how about this? The Lions beating down Tom Brady and the Patriots. What an upset. And to, a big thank you to V-Mart. And oh, I love you guys. And welcome into this Tuesday evening edition of All Andy Offered, the 25th of September. 2018. I am your host Andy Alford, welcoming you to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. We got an intro. How about that? How about that intro? Courtesy of one Mr. Nick DeVera. Thank you so very much. And yes, there is audio clips of me talking in there. Yes. Um I truly appreciate you Nick. Thank you so very much for that. And that is our new intro for our show. We'll we'll tailor it a little bit more as as time goes on, but um, but uh, welcome into the program. We've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. We've, we're going to recap the NFL. We're also going to recap what's happening on the Diamond as we're into the last week of Major League Baseball, as well as talk a little bit about the NHL and talk about the upcoming season and um, make a, a couple housekeeping notes before we begin. You can always follow the show on Twitter. It is at allandyalford. Is at all Andy Elford, and of course um, later on this evening we will have the NHL preview show posted on the Anchor Network. So we're doing two shows tonight on this Tuesday night. Um, uh, you'll hear the preview for the NHL season with uh, with the Jackets, the Red Wings, the Penguins, the Stanley Cup champion Capitals, and so many other teams. And you'll also hear who I think will lift Lord Stanley's Cup come June. So like I said, you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter at AllAndyElford. And you're listening to us on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And let's dive into it. Uh, You heard the opener with me tonight, and I'm going to say it again. I will say it again, the only true win he has gotten, the only true win he has gotten so far, this year's Easter Kentucky game, there's no true wins for Mike Jenks in the coaching staff. Last year, they only won two games year before, only winning two games. They have won one game this year. That is five wins. Five and 26. That's not going to cut it. When your recruiting class is the recruiting class that you've gotten over the last few years. We've made mention of this so many times on this program. We have made so many mentions of this program about Mike Jenks' recruiting class and how lackluster and how great it has been. I have been a component of Jenks in the whole situation and his removal from Bowling Green for a long time now. For over four months. Now, I, I said it earlier in the season I give him I won't gi- I will give him I have to give him 6 wins to save his job. And if for me I would have gave him 4. I could I'm going to correct myself on that. 4 to 6 wins. He has to at least get 5. He's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. And I'm going to tell you again he's not going to get it. And the way that you know his players are playing for him Shows you that they give, up, they have given up on this season. Is it absolutely embarrassing to watch this game on ESPN Plus? By the way, I subscribed to ESPN Plus, folks. I did it. I broke down. I wanted to see this game. It's embarrassing to see empty seats the start of the third quarter. to see the fans not into this game. They were into the Eastern Kentucky game because it was a competitive game because they were playing an FBS school. Tier 2. And they could barely get the win against them. The fact is the fact is that this guy doesn't know how to recruit. Doesn't know proper play calling because every time he decides to change the play at the line, this go back to the Eastern Kentucky game. Every time he changed the play to Daggy, Daggy threw up an interception because they read the play. So he doesn't know play calling. He doesn't know his right his right from his left with his offensive and defensive coordinator. it 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 just has to be said it has to be said and i'm going to say it and, and i and i hate to say it i really do i like the guy he's a, he's a great member of the community a great member of the team a great member of the facilities and everything like that but mike Jenks has got to go he's got to go i'm calling for mike Jenks' job i would like i said i would have gave him the four wins but after the pathetic performance that in his back coaching skills his back coaching skills in this game and you'll hear in the audio later on in the in, in this show the monday and friday and saturday the saturday at post game and you'll hear the friday and the monday post and the monday presser for Georgia Tech this week yeah that's right we're playing Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech in Atlanta If I was the administration at Bowling Green if I'm going to say this right now if he does not get fired after the UT game cuz I have got I have friends and these are sources that are telling me that the attendance is down this year for for the football games. Revenue for the football games is down. I've also heard that alumni are are in the same boat as I am for calling for Mike Jenks, and I'm the one that says it. I'm the one that says that Mike Jenks is not a good coach. He is not a good coach. He, has, he was a good coach on the sidelines as either an offensive or defensive coordinator. That's as much as he is good at. He cannot take the play calling. He is not an offensive minded coach. He is not a defensive minded coach. He is not a coach, period! He's better to be the ball boy! And I care about this university! I care about this program. The high regard of this program. The amount of, the amount of people that come up to me and say, why is Bowling Green this bad? Why? How can they be this bad? So frustrated I had to take a drink of water to calm myself down. How can we be this bad? It starts with recruiting, and guess who recruits? Mike Jenks. Now we're not, and I told this to a friend of mine today, we are not Ohio State. We are not Alabama. We are not UCLA. We are not USC. We are definitely not Boise State. We are Bowling Green Ohio. I, my friend Drake, who I went to the football game with, had a blast. He wants to go again. I told him, let's wait until next season. Because it's going to be better next year. The fact that this guy still has a job is blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. And the fact that the fans were leaving in the third quarter, doesn't that tell you anything, administration? That your revenue is down, that the fanship is down this year? Does it not tell you that something is going on here? If the football program, which makes you a lot of money. So I called for Mike Jenks' job, of course, as you heard on on my rant, and how the fans were leaving, which then set up for the big I-75 matchup. As the University of Toledo hosted the Bowling Green State University Falcons on homecoming. UT letting BG have it in the fourth quarter. And I let it be known that something had to be done about that game. Nine times. Nine times. This is dating back now to when I went to Bowling Green. When most of us that sometime most of my fans and most of my friends that listen to this podcast. Nine times. This game was in the words of Lee Corso, closer than the experts think until the end of the game. Everyone, everyone was shocked. Including myself. I was absolutely shocked about this game. But in typical Mike Jenks fashion, And in typical Bowling Green fashion, three, three, the number three, three times they had the football to take the lead, and they couldn't get the job done! They couldn't get the job done! I was so hesitant to not do this show. Because I knew we were going to be talking about this game leading it off. But we are. But hey, Ohio State won. Michigan won. An upset galore happening this week in college football. I was looking yesterday afternoon up in the sky to see if there was a comment coming. Not the Fort Wayne Comets, because both the Browns and the Lions won on a Sunday together. The Jackets struggle at their home opener, and the Cleveland Indians have been eliminated from the playoffs. This is a special edition of all be for tonight. A special Monday night edition. Not cue the Monday night football theme song. Because the UT Fight song, it's going to be sung later in this program. And you are listening to me on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Now. Wherever you're listening to me tonight, however you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning into this program tonight. And I love you guys. I'm not going to give you the I love you guys tonight because you know why. So I'm your host, Andy Alford. Welcome you to the show this evening. A lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to recap the NHL from this past weekend. The Jackets struggles. We'll talk about the end for the tribe as well as a couple Andy rants to get into today. But you could always be a part of the show by following me on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Elford. So, welcome into the program tonight. And we're just going to leave right off with it. And um, uh, some of you saw the Facebook Live show. I I really appreciate the comments. Um, It was closer than experts think. I will say that. To me, this game was a tale of two games. Three-fourths of this game showed how... Bowling Green got up for this football game. They got up for it. They absolutely got up for this game. They were competitive. They stayed with it. They were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You know, Andrew Clare, a great out game. We'll talk about that here in a second. Jared Deggie having a great game too. He also for the Rockets, you had Peters having a great game coming in from Agani that's out for the concussion. You had Seymour having a good game, and you had Cody Thompson just killing the Rockets. Killing the Falcons, excuse me. Just absolutely killing the Falcons. But let's let's dive into it, okay? And I'm going to talk about it step by step, okay? Because I was there at the Glass Bowl on Saturday afternoon... As the battle of I-75, the demanding of the tiebreaker game, as both teams were 39-39 and four going into tonight, into Saturday's play at the Glass Bowl, and you know it started off BG winning the toss, deferring to the second half. I heard, I saw that. I said, you know what? All right, let's see what this defense. Let's see if the defense has improved, and. Sure enough, it was the same bowling green defense that showed up seven six plays, seventy-one yards right down the field, and UT was up seven to nothing. Diggy comes out for his first series. They go three and out, punt the football. Bad punts. A uh bad play. They drive it down the field, kick a field goal, it's ten nothing. Okay. Second possession, Andrew Clare. Takes the field, has a great outrun, fumbles the football. Recovered by Toledo. They score on the next on their on their next drive. at 17-0. And I said, They this is I told Lucas that was right next to me. I said to him, This drive, this final drive, this drive right here for bowling green, they have to put points on the board. They have to score, and they did. They got seven points on the board in the game. They got it. They got it back. A great play by Scotty Miller on the sidelines. A big 34-yard return, 30 34-yard catch. Bowling Green was in business. They score into the end zone, and it was, you know, was 17-7. They go out for the next possession. Toledo goes out for the next possession. A three and out. BG get the football back. They go down the field. Andrew Clare scoring a touchdown. Makes it then 17-14. So that's as close as it was all game. UT would score. BG would score. UT would kick a field goal. BG tried to kick a field goal. It was a blocked field goal. Block punt in this game too as well. Bowling Green's special team's defense was not there they were not there to protect both the kickers for both the f- on the field goal kick and on the punt at halftime of this game of this game it was 31 to 8 28 31 28 and that score sticked all the way it stuck all the way till 7 minutes to go in the fourth quarter BG had 3 opportunities to put points on the board to get 7 points to get a touchdown to get the lead and to take the lead and they went 3 and out a bad a bad break a misplay 3 and out of uh negated hands of the face negated uh, negated a first down and then the illegal forward pass and I'm going to say this again I will say I said this to my friend Tom today I will say it again the pass interference call that was called on that play as well that happened before the forward pass happened that should have been a pass interference should have negated the illegal forward pass Should have negated it. He was all over him. All over him. And then, in typical BG fashion, three-play drive, and UT gets on the board and it was a touchdown. I said, okay, they've got to get some points here. They've got to go down and score. They go for it on fourth down, and they fail. And they score. They they turn it over on downs, give it to UT. And UT, three plays, another four plays later, excuse me, goes down the field and scores again. You look at this line. It was a close game all the way through. BG scored late, missed the extra point. But in the end, the University of Toledo wins this game, 52 to 36. Nine straight times, the University of Toledo has beaten the Bowling Green State University Falcons. It'll be a turn of the sen- it'll be a century before the next when they win. If they win again next year, it will be 10 years. That will be a century, a full 10 years. Since 2009, that was the last time UT, the last time, 2008 was the last time BG won the I-75 rivalry. (sighs) Deggie, a great game. 18 for 34, 289, three touchdowns, no INTs. I gave him credit on that. He didn't throw any INTs. Andrew Clare. 12 carries for 118 yards. Had two breakout run games, including a long 61-yard touchdown run. He also catched five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Hargrove, five carries for 21 yards. Scotty Miller, three catches for 75 yards, one TD. Quentin Moore, three catches for 21 yards, one TD in the game. For Peters in Toledo. He was 17 for 35, 184, 3 touchdowns, no INTs in the game. Seymour, 18 touches for 101 yards. Kovac, 11 touches, 90 yards, 3 touchdowns in the game. Cody Thompson, 6 catches for 78 yards, 1 TD. And Johnson, 3 catches for 26 yards, 1 TD in the game. Here's, here's the full breakdown. We're giving you actually the full breakdown in this game. BG had twenty first downs to Toledo's twenty four on third down. BG was five for twelve. Toledo seven for fourteen. Toledo for, uh, Bowling Green zero for one on the fourth down conversion. Toledo two for three. Total yards. BG outgained them in run in yards four eighty one to four seventy two. That's not bad. A great outing for them. But they, like I said, 472 yards they gave up. 184 in the air, 288 on the ground for Toledo. For BG, it was 289 in the air, 192 on the ground. Penalties, 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 penalties killed Bowling Green in this game. 14 penalties for 129 yards. Toledo, 10 penalties for 79 yards. The one turnover in the game from Andrew Claire. Toledo led in possessions, 33 minutes and 16 seconds. BG 26, 44. This game, and I, I give credit to the UT fans. It was a great outing. Uh, the fans were in in good spirits. I mean, I was around the tailgate lots. I was in lot 10. I saw my friend Tom. He invited me over to his tailgate. I had a couple pops. Enjoyed that. Uh, a nice sandwich. Met up with Lucas. We went into the stadium. Had great seats. I was two sections away from the student section, and I and I will get to my Andy Rantz in just a little uh, in a little bit in this program, and that's going to be my feature in this. But um, the student section was in full force. I mean, the stadium was packed, and there was a good contingent of Bowling Green fans there. The section on the, on the other side was full BG, but there was a lot of orange sprinkled throughout the stadium in on our side of the stadium. So it was uh, it was good to see um, Bowling Green represented and this was a game that you know a, a lot of us needed and this is a game this is a this is a team that struggles and is continuing to struggle and it's it's just worrisome this is absolutely worrisome because of the fact that bowling green is now halfway through its season we have a total of six games left to go he has to win five of six to save his job and he's not going to get it He's got Western Michigan this week, and then he's at Ohio. Then we start playing med, midweek games, at home to play Kent State, on the road to the Chippewas, on the road to Akron, and they end the season at home against Buffalo. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I really don't see it happening. More and more, more and more, and more and more, I don't see it happening. But Jenks is going to survive this. I really don't. And this is um, this is coming from a fan that just is absolutely done with it. I'm absolutely done with this. Uh he should have been fired after this UT game. In all and re- all respects, he should have been gone after this game. And here here's the biggest thing. Okay? After the Ohio game, it's a bye. They got a bye until the 30th. So the following week is a bye. You mean to tell me that they're not going to make any moves at that time? I would love to see a move happen. It has to be done. You'll hear it in this press conference here in just a little bit. Then I'm going to air. Of course, with this being a Monday edition of the program, you're going to get his fresh take from Monday's press conference. You, I just listened to it for the first time. Um, took a lot out of it. Took a lot of information about it. And I'll, I'll share my feelings about that here in just a second. But... um. Yeah, you'll listen to his demeanor about this pro- about this program and everything like that, and then um, you'll just it's 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 worth listening to. So here it is. Here's the head coach of our Bowling Green State University Falcons, Mike Jinks. Uh, they didn't have uh, we don't have the audio from Saturday's press conference after the game, but we do have the Monday presser for you, like always. Every Tuesday edition of the program. We play the Monday press conference, but tonight, with it being Monday, we'll give you the fresh take. Here is Mike Jenks at the podium from this week, courtesy of uh, YouTube and the Bowling Green Athletic Department.
1: Mike, you talked about after the game that you wanted to keep these guys believing. Mm-hmm. How do you keep morale at a point where you can play your best football in the second half?
2: Well, we, we keep doing what we're doing, you know, and, and... The thing that we talked about on Sunday, uh, as, as a football family, is that you know uh, before you win, there's some. Sometimes there's some things that got to take place, and 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 you've got to have winning effort, and you you've got to have the you have to be resilient, and you have to learn. You know, just just to keep your head afloat um, when you go through those tough times. I, I thought Saturday was indicative of that. I mean, all the the outside noise and everything that was going on uh, last week, and to get down. To, uh, 17, kind of the way we did, in the way that we did. Um, that was a perfect time for uh, a football team to fold and said, you know what, uh, we can't do this. And, uh, you know, they didn't. They didn't. They, they, uh, they were resilient. They found a way to continue the battle, and they made it a heck of a football game.
1: You've seen bits and pieces of things that you liked over the course of the past couple games. How close do you think this team is to becoming Uh, 60-minute
2: We're getting better and and you can kind of see it from offensive and and a defensive standpoint. Uh, I really thought defensively um, the Miami game you started to see that that these guys were starting to figure some things out I thought especially on the back end aggression of the secondary being in the right places and and, and things of that nature. Um, You know Georgia Tech there's a tough ball game and and, uh, um, you know what they do is a tough challenge to get ready for in a short week. Uh, and then this week, you know, we came out, I thought they played confident. I thought they played aggressive. Uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, we got a pass rush a little bit, uh, well, for the first time kind of all year long. Um, you know, we've got to clean some things up from a penalty standpoint. But at, yet at the same time, I want those guys to continue to be aggressive and attack like that because that's kind of what our identity is from a, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, and then um, offensively, um, you know, uh, Andrew hadn't fumbled all year long. That's the first fumble of have back we've had all year. Kid made a great play on it. Um, I thought that we stayed within ourselves. We stayed with the game plan. Um, you know, the thing about guys' football is, is, is you know, the importance of every single play because there were three times in that fourth quarter where it's 31-28 and we've got the football. Um, on one series, we've got Scotty on one, and we miss him by a couple inches. You know, was it holding or not? I don't know. Um, the next series, we go and Jarrett makes a great play out of the pocket. He hits Q across the middle. We get a hands to the face. That's self-inflicted. And then you know the next one where the illegal uh, forward pass. You know, well, you know that, that's part of football. There were plays, uh, um, there were calls made by the officials for both teams that didn't go their way. But any one of those plays, any one of those single plays that's hit, um, you know, the game may take may take a completely different turn. So uh, um, definitely. Uh, you can see progress. I've, I've seen it all along. I know we're a better football team. I know things are moving in the right direction. Um, you know, we've been, we've been struck by the injury bug, just like everybody else in our conference, and that shows to some of our depth. I mean, we, we are continuing to, to, to improve and continuing to play quality football. Um, you know, and that's, that's uh, and I think they most importantly, they see that and they notice that. You know, and I think that's key. So that allows us to continue to come out and uh, play with yeah. We talked last week about you guys have been able to get up for the Toledo game, mm-hmm.
0: and you did it once again. How can you make that translate when it's not the rivalry game this week or it's not the rivalry game? Jordan, in-
2: that's okay. a good question. That's a good question. And, and uh, that's, again, we talked about what winning looks like. Um, you know, when, when we came off the sidelines last week, I saw offensive linemen high in the defense. You know what I mean? And When Andrew makes a big run and the defense is up on the sideline, and they're, they're patting him on the head. There was a different energy an and, and offense for defense, defense for offense, everybody playing together as one. And that's what good teams do. That's what championship teams do. When I talk about learning how to win and what winning looks like, those are some of the things that were pointed out. And I believe in my heart, if they play with that type of passion for one another for the remainder of the year, uh, who knows what can happen.
0: I wanted to ask you, um, there was an article written in the paper last week,
2: and some boosters took, anonymous boosters took shots at you. What was your reaction? I felt like you'd had a, you deserve a chance to defend yourself. What was your reaction when you read
1: that and when you saw that? You know, I'm
2: not really going to get into any, into any of that, but I, I will say this, okay? Um, it's unfair. It ain't unfair to me. This is college football. That, that's, that's, that's part of this business. It's unfair to those student-athletes. It's unfair to this university. It's unfair to this program. Because what those type of things do, they affect your recruiting. You know what I mean? And we're talking about the outside noise, eliminating and giving these kids the opportunity to compete at the highest level. You know, my concern, my angst, for lack of a better word, was for our kids. It's unfair to them. You know, so, um, you know, really not going to get into it very much because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, I've got a job to do and I will continue to do that job. I will make sure that we play football the right way. I will make sure that we're, we're building and leading young men. I will make sure that uh, everybody in this facility is having a damn good time doing it. Talk about the game, special teams is
0: obviously an issue. Um,
1: yeah, I guess, well, for, I guess starting the, with the punt game. I mean, that, that's obviously been a concern. Um, is there any thoughts that
2: I'm not really going to get any of that, into any of that right now. It is an open competition, okay, uh, as far as all that goes. And then as far as the block punt, the block punt was on the shield. Um, um, the three-man shield there, it was a, it was a, it was a mistake um, made there. Um, you know, we've had some in, inconsistencies, and, you know, um, we'll address them. Uh, we'll address them appropriately. But again, we're a team. You yeah, we're, we're, we're a team. I mean, there were several instances that. Um, Several plays that I pointed out earlier that could have been made that everybody forgets about all that, um, and we, we didn't we didn't make those plays. But uh, uh, we'll address what needs to be addressed. But uh, really, right now, I'm not ready to talk too much about that. That's okay. What's it take, I
1: guess, in the, in the kick return game to get kind of things going? Because you guys haven't been able to. You
2: know, we have. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't popped one there. Um, you know, I, I think it's. Uh, I, one of the issues that that we're running into right now, from a special team special team standpoint, is the injuries, because um, it, it, it's two things. Now, you want to put your best players you possibly can out there, but we you know we're down numbers from a defensive standpoint, and you know of course those defensive players are your best special teams players. So, do you put all of them out there, and 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 do you take the chance of getting worn down in the fourth quarter? or do you give some of these young kids a chance? And when you give these young kids a chance and they're playing some of their first football, um, they're gonna make mistakes. So that's something that we'll have to continue to, uh, to work through.
1: You had, uh, Puduong was playing really well. He was playing his best yeah. football here. and looks like he's not gonna be able to come back. How much does
2: that? Now, that's, that's, that's a big one, uh, and, and for him. And kind of like you said, he was really playing uh, really good football. Very proud of Derek, he's really worked, uh, you know, his tail off to, to put himself in, a, in an opportunity to, to, to be playing at a high level. Um, so uh, um, looks like he we won't be having him for the remainder of the year. And, and really our thoughts and prayers are, are with him and his family. We see some uh, changes
1: reflected on the offensive line on the, on the two deep. I mean, see, mm-hmm. is that going to remain that the case going forward?
2: Uh, for the next next week next week or so, just because you know we've got a couple guys uh, that are out. So um, those changes were, were, were more so uh, because of those reasons.
1: Did you find anything offensively in terms of some of the misdirection stuff you guys were able to hit on last week? Did you start to find maybe an identity of what this team has to be?
2: No, uh, no um, I, I don't think so, Nick. Uh, I think um, the, the thing that we've done a pretty good job over on the last, uh, even Georgia Tech, was taking what the, the defensive allows and gives you. Um, as that game went on last week in the first drive, the first series, they did a really good job. They came down at three down front, they dropped eight, they played coverage. I did not expect it. Um, you know, so we had two plays that aren't waste plays, but they got underneath. They almost picked the jet, you know. They did a good job of scheming us up. The thing that I was excited about is that we went to the, the sidelines and said, okay, here's what they're doing, here's what we're going to change, here's what we're going to run at this point. And then you look up. And at halftime, we've got 310 yards of offense. Might have been the highest we've had all season and a half. So the growth that we're talking about, I mean, you know, we're coming out, we're going to attack this way. They're not going to allow us to do these things. Let's go back. In our system, here's what we're going to go do, and here's what we're going to go run. And they went out and they executed it. You
0: talked about being more involved in play calling and things like that. What went into the decision there, and, and how, much, how much were you involved and how much more will you be involved?
2: Well, I'll continue to be involved. I think um, – you know, to be honest with you, in the, in the fourth quarter of the, the Miami game, I, I felt like that, uh, uh, I don't know, we just needed a, a spark a little bit. And, and sometimes when, when, when um, yeah, I, um, we needed to play a little bit faster and we needed to change the tempo at that point. And it's easier for me to do um, from the sidelines. We can get in and out of formations. And then from that point, uh, that's kind of been the direction that we're going. Um, you know uh, we got two guys up there one is a pass game coordinator one's a run game coordinator they give great input I think it just uh, allows us to play at a little bit different um, pace and at the same time last week it it allows for me as a head coach to say okay you know what it's 17 to nothing right now Um, I've given my defense two short fields I'm about to run the ball six times in a row and there's no in the world we're gonna throw another pass until they got at least two or three minutes of rest and it takes the stress off those guys so um it will continue. It'll continue to go that way.
1: You mentioned trying to get some of the young players some more time, coach, in um, the second half of the season. Here, what's the message to the team moving forward? A lot of football still to play. A lot of goals they can score. A ton, reach. ton
2: of football left to play. A ton of football left to play, and, and you know all they've got to go do is look at everybody's record in the mat. You know, uh, there's a lot of parity there. And you look at the teams that are remaining on the schedule, all quality football teams, but none any more talent than, than anybody that we've played. So uh, we continue to grow um, um, and we continue to stay together as a football team and a football family. Um, you know, like I said, who knows what can happen. Do
1: you like have a homecoming right after a big rivalry game like this where you can get the kids back up for a big game
2: this I, I do, I do. It's a last Saturday game that, that, that we'll have at home. Um, you know, and you know Western Michigan, what what MAC champions? What two years ago, two years removed, and 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 we had Toledo last week, so that's where we want to be. Uh, we want to be MAC champions again, and and in order to get there, you got to these are the guys you got to go beat, and and so we're excited about it. It won't it won't be tough to get them pumped up again.
0: That was Mike Jenks, the head coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons, in his Monday presser on All Andy Alfred. So after the loss to the University of Toledo, Bowling Green had their homecoming game against Western Michigan. Absolutely laid an egg, had a opportunity to win that football game, and coaching failed again. And Bob Moosberger made the decision to let Mike Jenks go. And you'll hear his final press conference before... What a lot of us thought, including myself, was a day of celebration. In terms of setbacks, is this by far
2: the toughest one to take? Uh, tough loss. They're all tough, but this was, this was a um, you know one that um, we had a, uh, our moments. We had opportunities to to put the game away. Um, you know the the set fumble was was probably that moment I think we had maybe a fourteen point lead at that point, uh, we had the ball at midfield and and really uh, um, you know we go even if we get a field goal out of that drive um, they 've got to have to continue to throw the ball you know they have to continue to to and um, and really to this point that's kind of one of the things that we've done a decent job of on defensive. Uh, side of the ball is, is uh, being aggressive and, and playing good past defense. We were getting some pressure. Um, we get that turnover, and I think you'll notice they got to the ground game and really tried to slow that game down and really were on the defense. And at the end of the day, that was our um, that was that was a play. That was a, there are a lot of plays, but that that definitely um, played a factor. What were your thoughts on
1: the fumble where they stayed inbound somehow and they picked it up and then ran
2: it for a score? Let's just give me one break. Let's just catch one break. Uh, but you make your breaks. Nick, you, you make your breaks. Uh, those kids battled. They played hard. We, you know, we got the ball back. We go all the way downfield. Um, you know, we got a one-on-one matchup. They bring an all-out blitz, um, you know. Um, didn't have time to get it off, uh, you know. so. We'll go back and we'll look at the video and we'll look. How agonizing is it, especially over the last two weeks, when you've had those chances to mm-hmm. either take the lead or preserve lead? Mm-hmm. It, and it's out? uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, and and the thing about it is, is it, you know, in in the first half, we made those plays that we haven't been making. In that, okay, it's 14-7. we We've got the ball. We can take it down here and we can we can score, drain this clock out, and get a touchdown. You know, that's what good teams do. We went down. And we did it. Uh, in the second half, um, you know, that third quarter, we, um, you know, again, I've got to go back and look at it. Um, you know, we penalties, uh, delay a game, uh, little things like that. Uh, you can't do when we are ahead of the ahead of the chains and we're on time as an offense. Um, I think we're fairly decent. Um, when we're not, um, we struggle. How
1: the Jared play today? Go to <coughs>
2: Uh, Derek, made, he made some plays. Uh, he, he made some plays there. 260 yards and two touchdowns for Scotty today. How impressed were you? Uh, you know, Scotty's had a great year. Um, you know, he, those two guys are, are performing uh, like they practice.
1: The first four times Western got in your territory, defense, no, no points. Yeah. Um, do you feel that they set you up enough to win this game? Uh, I-
2: you know, we play complementary football. We set ourselves. Our team played off of each other. Um, you know, offense did the things they needed to do and the defense did the things they needed to do. And then from a special team standpoint, uh, special teams didn't beat us. And, and I thought that uh, hats off to Matt. I thought he came in in uh, and, and his first start and did a heck of a job. And some of his punts, again, um, gave us a chance. Did the defense
1: just have to run, swear wear down?
2: Nah, we we you know that's kind of been our Achilles heel. Um, depth's an issue there. Uh, time of possession. Uh, yeah, 38 minutes, 38 minutes. And again, 28-14. Um, uh, we convert, kick a field goal. They got to continue to press. They got to continue to throw the football. Point. And then at that point, they decided, hey, you know what? We're gonna run it at you and we're gonna wear you down. And they did.
1: Time of possession can be overwhelming sometimes but in this case do you feel like- uh,
2: I'll definitely you, you could tell at the end of the game that uh, uh, those tackles that we had been making early in the ball game uh, they were kind of running through us a little bit uh, and it's catch 22 you know because you sit there as, a, as, as an offense and do you, do you continue to be aggressive do you continue to attack because uh, you go back and, and you, you, I told you these guys were similar to Miami from a defensive standpoint um, they were and you know, those are some of the things that we tried to do in it's Miami, and and you know didn't work very well. So tonight we wanted to come out, we wanted to attack, we wanted to push the ball down the field, um, and we we're able to have some success. And that in turn opens up your run game. So uh, do you play with some pace? Do you play with some tempo when you hit these explosive plays? I mean, how many one play t- a couple one play touchdown drives, right? That's great. That's that's fine. But the flip side of that is you're putting your defense right back out there. So do
1: you have any idea on Andrew?
2: I do not. I will go. Um, I will go and uh, visit with him. And the uh, he was back out there, so uh, uh, that was a positive. Uh, I know. It, I don't. Be, it's not believed to be season-ending or anything like that. So again, haven't spoke with the trainers yet. We'll we'll see. But he was out there, and I think he had a boot on, was we walking around a little bit. Um, so we'll see once we get out of here.
0: How much did that change your?
2: Not at all. We've got we've got some some backs that can play. Um, and I think um, you know, seven and six, and 28. Yeah, uh, um, they uh, they, uh, they perform well in his absence.
1: Why the change on that Hail Mary uh, quarterback?
2: Uh, Grant can make it reach, and you know Grant's got one of those guys that can throw it 60, size 70 yards. So uh, uh, that's not too uh, that's not too strength at this moment. We'll get in the weight room, but at this moment, that's not his strength. Uh,
1: two straight weeks of uh, good offensive performance,
2: a lot of points. Um... I just want to win. I, I just want to win. And, and um, you, know, you know, they're getting better. We're getting better. Um, you know, defense is getting stops. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing the things necessary to continue to improve and continue to grow. But, uh, yeah, just want to win games
1: past two weeks you were down three last week with a chance to potentially tie or take the lead this week. Lead. Well, What's yeah. the
2: final piece of that? Finishing, Nick, finishing. And, and in those moments, uh, um, as a play caller, coming up with the right play uh, and give you, giving your team the best chance to be successful. Um, they've shown that they're not going to quit. Um, and what we've got to do is make sure that uh, we're giving our playmakers opportunity to make plays. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to do that, and uh, we were close today. Uh, I think um we just almost went ninety ninety yards and tied the thing up, so um one play away
0: <laughs> oh b g finally, let me do my excuse me <clears throat> finally. Finally, it's time to celebrate, BG! Yes! Finally! BG, celebrate! And we're not talking about a win in football. The nightmare is over. The pain of six wins, only six wins, is over the th- the absolute lack of leadership is over the nightmare is over and i'm not talking about the end of the football season we still have got we still got 5 games left to go but the person driving the ship has been tossed out The nightmare is over. The wagon has gone into the beautiful, swampy land of Bowling Green. It has crashed hard. Mike Jenks is out as coach of the Bowling Green State University. Doing the happy dance right now. And who was it that said on Friday's show if Mike Jenks lost this game he would be fired? This guy. Who said that he had to have won? He had to win six of the la- the five of the next six games to save his job. Me. Who said that this guy was a failure in recruiting? He's done a lot of good things for this community. But, but finally, the administration and the boosters have had enough. And Mike Jenks is out as head coach of Bowling Green State University. It's a good day to be a Falcon. It really is. It really is. It, now I can finally wear my hat and wear my stuff with pride now. Because we've got we've got Carl Polini to ride in this ship until the end of the year. I'll give you my take on him. Three upsets this past weekend. In college football. We'll talk about that. While the Browns blow up on Sunday. And the Jackets struggle in Tampa. It's a cool, brisk Tuesday night. And it's time for All Andy Elford. Right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Podcast Now. However you're listening to me tonight wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning into the program. So Carl Pellini comes into helm. He became the new head coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons. Led the team to two vict- a solid three wins with a win against Akron and a win against Central Michigan. More wins in three games than that Mike Jenks and Bowling Green is in the right step forward with Scott Leffler, now at the helm, the former offensive coordinator for Boston College. The new team is assembled. Great picks are coming up. So 2019 looks promising for our football season. And when that first Falcon Friday rolls along, you can bet that all Andy Elford will be there to help you out long term. And that's going to wrap it up for All Andy Elford this 2018 year. We'll be back, of course, for the first of the year, of course, for another edition of All Andy Elford. We'll be doing shows every Tuesday. And we will have them posted on the Anchor Network. And you gonna listen to me on the plethora of platforms. It's either going to be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher. However you get your podcast, and wherever you listen to me and whatever platform, thank you for tuning in to the program. And again, thank you for making this one of the best podcasts out there in the Northwest Ohio area. I'm Andy Elford. I wish you and your family a very happy and healthy new year and I'll see you in 2019. Love you. Talk to you guys in 2019. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor.